0: And welcome. You're listening to a Davenham Players podcast. May and June 2020 were all set to bring two ambitious productions to Davenham Theatre a night of radio plays and sketches, and a night of new writing as part of the Northwich Lit Fest. Like many things across the world during 2020, these two events had to be postponed until further notice. But the group from the radio production continued to meet most weeks online and the Monthly Writers Group continued to develop their new writing. The two groups decided to combine their efforts and produce their very own podcast of original material, or so they hoped, having never done anything like this before. So, for the last six months, the group nicknamed themselves Davenham Radio Players. We're very proud to present Davenham Radio Players Live from Lockdown. There are four episodes in the series, all of which can be enjoyed individually in any order you like. Every word spoken has been written and performed by members of Daven and Players. For those who are regular to our theatre, you have no idea how good it is to have you back. And to those who are new to us, it's great to meet you. We did it, and now it's time to share it with you.
1: We hope you all enjoy yourselves. This is an announcement to inform you that the Davin and radio players are now transporting themselves to lands both far and near. We all know that whilst waiting for one bus,
0: it's likely that three will eventually arrive. And the players are no different,
1: in that they have four further short stories for you. After reporting to Gate 1... Please take your seats, sit back and relax while you wait for the scenery to unfold and enjoy the transport of delight that is the bike.
2: The Bike, written by Paulette Anderson, performed by Janet Illidge and Denise Barry.
3: What's happened to you? Oh, I fell off my bike yesterday. Not again. That's the third time this month. Oh, you can't go on like this, Doreen. Can't you find another way of getting to work? Well, it's not easy. What with the buses on strike and no car? And it's too far to walk. By the time I got there, it'd be time to come home. Well, can't you chat up that nice young man, Mr. Wilkins, in the accounts for a lift? Nah. She's already got a full carload. Well, it is full with Frida Ferris. You know, the one who took up weightlifting. She's bulked up that much they practically had to reinforce a chair at work. Mind you, she's very good when anything needs shifting. (laughs) She helped us move that wardrobe from Arnold's mother's last week. Saved us a fortune on removals. Well, I think you should seriously think about getting a new bike. That one's an old bone shaker, and your old bones have had enough of a shake-up. Easy for you to say, Brenda, but we can't afford it. Not with Arnold being on club ever since he got his fingers stuck together at the glue factory. Oh, has he not got that sorted yet? Well, he thought he had, but the stuff he tried to get it free with just made it worse. When we went to our ballroom class last week, he got stuck to Mrs Wetherall's shoulder, and she had to take a cardi off to let him come home. Oh, Mrs Wetherall? Oh, it'll be all round town now. It is. Oh, I can't show me face at co-op, but they're all sniggering. And t'other day, Arnold waved at the vicar and he thought he was making a rude gesture. I had to go around to Mance and explain. Anyway, he did try to mend me bike. Who, the vicar? No, Arnold. He straightened the front wheel for me after I'd run into that wall. Mind you, he's not done it properly. Every time I try to turn right at bottom at hill, it be as oft at left. I nearly ran over Mrs Sybottom's dog last Friday when it were tied up outside the lingerie shop. Lingerie shop? What was Ida Sybottom doing at the lingerie shop? Huh, she'll not get her size corsets in there. <laughs> Too right. She has to have them built at shipyard. <laughs> 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 no, she were buying a liberty bodice for her Angela. You know, with rubber buttons. Angela's got rubber buttons? No, the liberty bodice, you daft apeth. <laughs> anyway, are you going to put that kettle on or what? I'm fair parched. And I'll have to be getting home soon to make Arnold his tea. If I leave him peeled potatoes with his fingers glued like they are, well, we'll end up with some very peculiar shaped chips. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that was interesting. I can't wait to hear where our next adventure will be.
1: The flight now boarding at Gate 16 is the Davenham radio flight for a tale of the unknown called Two Timing.
2: Two-timing. Written by Jackie Buckley. Performed by Bernie Bebbington.
4: Hello. Yes, speaking. Is she all right? Right. Right. Yes, I understand. Okay, then. No, that's fine. I'll come and pick her up. Yes, I'll leave now. I won't be long. Thank you. Bye. Hi, love. Yes, I'm fine. No, no, it's just that I have to go and get Katie from school. No, she's fine. She's okay. A migraine. Yeah, I know, it's rotten. Yes, I'm going to pick her up now. So, uh, I won't be meeting the girls for lunch after all. I know, but it's okay. I can always rearrange it. Anyway, I need to go. No, I haven't forgotten it's date night, your big soft day. The wine's chilling nicely in the fridge. Right, I must go. See you later. Love you too. Hi. Yes. Yes, I'm fine. Look. Look. The thing is, uh, I can't make lunch today after all. I have to collect Katie from school. No, nothing serious, apparently, but I do have to go and get her. (laughs) I know. I was really looking forward to it too. I know, me too. <laughs> uh, no, no, darling. I'll text you when I can, very soon. I can't wait. <laughs> yes, just as soon as I can when I know I have a free afternoon. <laughs> I love you, too!
0: (laughs) Well, after that, I think it's now time for a trip to the seaside.
1: The next train at Platform 11 is the 730 Express, bound for the meeting.
2: THE MEETING Written by Paulette Anderson Performed by Eileen Risk.
1: Hello, she said to the man in front of her. He was standing at the edge of the sea, staring far out across the water. Seemingly oblivious to the waves swirling around his boots. She was intrigued. She had looked out to sea, as she was in the habit of doing each morning, at the ever-changing scene from her window. And she had watched him walk to the same place on the secluded beach for the last three days. Always to the same place. Always staring out across the sea. Hello. She ventured again. Hadn't he heard, or was he deliberately ignoring her? Lovely morning, isn't it? she added, hoping for some response. I live over there, and she paused, wondering if this would sound nosy. I have noticed you coming here for several days. I hope my dog is not worrying you, she added quickly. He's so exuberant. The Labrador gambled in the surf and came within the man's view, because he turned his head to look at the dog. No, he said. I like dogs. I had one once. He bent to stroke the dog's head as he came close and looked up at the man. What is his name? he asked, still not turning to her. She detected a faint accent to his voice. Tally short for talisman she explained the man now turned to look at her questioningly. I'm sorry he said. A talisman? Yes, I think of him as a good luck charm she said. He helped me through a recent illness. Ah, said the man and returned his gaze to the sea. Do you live close or are you on holiday? She asked. There was a long pause, and she was about to move off, thinking she had stayed too long and asked too much. You are lucky to live in such a place, he suddenly said, still looking out to the sea. I come from over the sea. I came here on a boat five months ago. It was a risk I took to seek a better life, to escape unmentionable horrors. And so I live here now, thanks to the kindness of people here. I am lucky now. That is why I come here. This is where we landed, where we were rescued. But I wonder about my homeland and I come to remember. And she remembered too. Oh, she said lamely. Her breathing and her closed eyes revealed her anguish. What should she say? Words were not enough to describe the feelings battling around within her. The pity yes but the guilt the guilt she felt when she remembered how she had reacted when she had heard of the refugees who had landed on her shore how she had resisted their being housed outside their town by the asylum seekers charity how she had even signed a petition against them the guilt thudded in her chest as she looked at this man broken, with only memories, bad memories, and hopes to sustain him. I am so sorry, she finally ventured, I can't imagine. No one can, he said quickly. I hope you never have to experience what some of us had to live through, and the journey we endured to get here. But some of your people have been kind. And we have hopes for a safer future now." He looked directly at her, as if he could read her thoughts. My people, she thought, but not me. I didn't help, and I should have. I am so glad that you feel safe now, she said. Perhaps I will see you again on the beach. I walk here most days. He looked at her, and smiled, as she turned and retraced her steps.
0: You never know who you may meet on your travels, and whether the people you meet may become friends
1: for life, or even whether you will ever see them again. For the number two bus and hold very tightly,
2: please, for Red Eyes. Red Eyes, written by Catherine Lamb, performed by Vanessa Duffy.
0: He touches her hand softly as he turns away, shoulders bowed with the burden of remorse, feet scuffling through the gravel as though the labour of lifting them is too great. He falters at the end of the path, then turns to look at her. That's what they always do in the movies. One searching glance from his pale blue eyes, scanning her face, assuring himself of her enduring adoration, even as his steps quicken to carry him to his new love her tears leap and tumble from her inflamed eyes, soaking the handkerchief, one of a monogram set she bought for him. And in his mind, the tussle between the guilt of his betrayal and his ego, swollen by the evident enormity of her loss. No doubt about the victor there. One breakup, two perspectives, him Certain her eyes will never stop streaming. Her, confident that in 10 minutes, the hay fever tablet will kick in as she waves him goodbye. What a great journey we've been on. Good night, God bless and Godspeed.
2: You have been listening to Davenham Radio Players, live from lockdown, episode two, written and recorded by members of Davenham Players. The four-episode series is a collaboration with and inspired by Davenham Theatre's Writers' Group, who meet with Flick on the second or third Thursday of each month. This project was produced by me, Tom Barry. I would like to thank D for her production support, Maggie for her marketing expertise, Flick for her practical and technical guidance, David for the music interludes, and to the cast for their incredible wealth of creativity, bravery and patience, mainly with me and technology. And thank you to you for listening. For now, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Take care.